you know that they are looking around and going, we're all the same because we're all different. And that's the greatest asset that we have as human beings is to recognize that in each other. That's our gift. Our gift is having this all of these diverse experiences, all of this diverse expertise, and being able to bring that to the table and make your peer group better, more interesting, uh, more creative, and just kinder, more inclusive people. Welcome to Curated Conversations, a podcast discussing real-world issues of equity, diversity, inclusion, and belonging. I'm your host, Shaliza Jamal, founder of Curated Leadership, an organization that fosters partnerships with individuals and companies to develop their knowledge in the areas of equity and diversity to build inclusive communities. Welcome to episode 15. I'm joined by Jan and Jennifer of Captains and Poets. Jennifer Johnson is a parent, a former educator, an entrepreneur, and a passionate change maker. Jennifer is on a mission to empower young people to be their best selves to create a better world. And she has an MA in education in curriculum, teaching, and organizational learning, and has been a curriculum writer and has designed and implemented numerous transformational programs over the span of her career. As a parent of two children, her focus is on nurturing self-leadership skills and the ability to navigate an increasingly dynamic world with compassion, resilience, and authenticity. Jan Frolic. Jan is a serial entrepreneur and a corporate leader in the diversity and inclusion space with a focus on gender equity. She has an honors BA in sociology and is a committed advocate and continual student in anti-racism, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Jan is passionate about building kids who will champion others. As a mother to three teenagers, her most important role is to raise happy, kind, self-aware kids into inclusive, socially engaged, and globally aware adults. Welcome, Jan and Jennifer. Really excited to have you here with us today. Thank you. We're really pleased to be here. Thanks for the invitation. So the first thing is, I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind Captains and Poets. What motivated you to get started? Good question, because it's not that I wasn't looking for something to do. I was already fully employed and very busy in my life with three kids. But I guess what was happening about four and a half years ago, that would take us back to 2018. I was watching my kids sort of internalize what I would consider a a really toxic news environment that was happening um, and really, uh, really heavily focused on, uh, on negative leadership. And I was watching them internalize this and watching them dealing with who they were as, as individuals and the shame and the blame that came along with that. And I was just thinking, we need to have really open conversations with kids about identity, um, self-awareness and leadership and, and really teach them how to lead uh, it, w- as they get older um, and start taking on on jobs um, and careers of their own and how they're going to be inclusive people in those organizations that they end up going to. So I just was feeling that collectively we can do so much better than this and 
we need to start with young people first. And for me, that's how it began. And I, I was already in the DEI space. So it, it made sense that that's where I could really start speaking to d- diversity, equity and inclusion leaders and, and ask them questions about what would you have done differently Um would you have started this earlier in your career? Would you have, where would you wish that you had learned this? And that's sort of where it began for me anyways. Yeah, my story is uh, fairly similar in that I was watching my kids uh, and their identities evolve. Uh, My son was turning eight at the time and I was watching him start to, you know, in a way, shut parts of himself down, sort of in response to social cues around him. And I was watching how complex the world was becoming. Little did I know what we were going to face uh, a couple of years later. And I thought to myself, you know, kids don't have a lot of role models out there. We're raising children differently. And as a result, we're sort of breaking the mold. And so they really have to look inward. So when Jen and I connected, we really wanted to give young people an inner compass um, to help them navigate the world around them, really from a place of authenticity and, you know, and to in some ways combat the sense of overwhelm that so many young people feel today and to really um, draw on everything they have inside of them to thrive. Thank you. That's really, really interesting. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the personas of the captain and poet and how it sort of addresses what both of you spoke to as, you know, a gap in leadership skills and support, uh, the need for young people to have those skills. Tell me a little bit about captains and poets. I'd love to. So uh, the captain is the doer. The captain is the part of you that takes you out into the world and makes decisions and sets goals, um, perhaps is a bit bold and adventurous and gains confidence through experience. The poet is sort of everything stirring inside of you, your emotions, your aspirations, your imagination, your dreams, your values. So the the formula is that they're better together. So when the captain and poet are in partnership, that's what enables you to be your best self, to be more self-expressed and to actualize um, who you are um, out there in the world. So the captain is the one sort of nudging the poet, put up your hand, share that idea, go after that dream. And the poet is guiding the captain's actions from a place of self-awareness, but also awareness of the other captains and poets around you. So essentially we see this self-awareness, this captain and poet language gives kids access to a heightened level of self-awareness, which really is the foundation of self-leadership. And that's, you know, how we show up in the world moment to moment. Who are we being? How are we operating? And self-leadership, of course, is um, the really the prerequisite to effective leadership in the world um, that we alluded to earlier. Yeah, I love that. And I'm thinking about it sort of as a balance. You have this captain and poet personas in all of us. And sometimes one is leading and sometimes the other is leading. And I wonder in terms of both of you, Jen and Jennifer, what is your captain and poet? You know, having professional experiences uh, such as being, you know, a senior VP at Wound of Influence and years of classroom and curriculum experience. Um, how have those captains and poets showed up for both of you? 
Good question. Um, I would say that uh, my captain and poet show up differently almost on a daily basis. Um, I would say that my my captain is uh, a risk taker, super high energy, really a doer. I'm I'm constantly busy um, in in growth mode, and I would say my poet is a deep deep feeler. Um, I would say that. Uh, there's a lot of overwhelm that my that my poet manages and um, lots of feelings that are constantly coming up and is usually trying to give uh, constant direction to my captain because I'm I'm always going I'm always trying to achieve I'm always trying to get better and with that comes a lot of um, I think uh, anxiety uh, you know worry all of the you know a lot of emotion that comes with that so they re- really have to work together on a on a day, daily in moment to moment basis because if they don't one I'm never going to get out of bed um, because I'll be either too upset or, or anxiety ridden or I'm going to get out of bed and not really I'm just going to be all action and very little thoughtfulness so I need to, I need them to be coordinated and working together and I would say that in every one of my professional settings, even though I didn't know what Captain and Poet was at the time because we hadn't built it yet, um, they both were a constant presence for me because I was working, um, like you said, as Senior Vice President of Women of Influence, I was in constant conversations with uh, people in advocacy who are doing so, so much good work and seeing very little output um, and or change. And that can be really emotional, right? Because then you're constantly on this wheel of doing, 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 and not seeing any f- real change take effect. And that can be very, very hard to manage. So I, I needed to be able to balance that and not exhaust myself and those around me, to be totally honest. <laughs> Uh, for myself, I'd say on the average day, my captain is bold and my poet, I'd say, oscillates between being creative, sort of creativity being my main trait of my poet, um, and the other being intuitive. And when I put them together, the boldness and the creativity, for example, uh, we teach kids about this. We have this one plus one equals three combination inside of us that helps to contribute to our unique offering to the world. And my boldness and my creativity, I would say, are what helped me to be innovative. So when I look back on on my career, I think uh, to Jan's point, it was always there. There's a thread. I think we always show up in whatever situation, you know, as who we are. And the question is really how much we're bringing that to life, how much we're growing and thriving. So uh, the captain and the poet really give you access to that, to check in and on yourself and in others um, and and likewise. So as, as a teacher, I was very passionate. I have a bit of a geeky passion around curriculum design and I can see how it shows up there. And then when I went into corporate, I really discovered that entrepreneurial DNA, my passion for innovation. So uh, here it is, that's what we're teaching and that's what we're trying to bring every day. Thank you both. And I think it's it's really fascinating. And Jen, what I'm picking up on is, you know, you talked about these ideas that were always with you and that we all have these kind of dichotomies uh, where, you know, I'm very similar to you. I'm a risk taker. I'm a go-getter. I'm outgoing and I'm a huge feeler. And, you know, I like that you said we didn't really have the vocabulary. And for me, captains and poets um, give us that vocabulary to identify who is our captain, who is our, our poet. And, you know, this is really hitting about the importance of social and emotional learning. 
right? Or SEL. And so maybe can you explain to us why social emotional learning is so crucial for young people and how Captains and Poets helps us to foster these skills? Like why SEL? Yes. So we do fall under this umbrella of SEL or emotional intelligence, which I think, as we would all agree, is a pretty critical um, aspect of children's development. I think at its best, SEL is really about promoting self-awareness, about helping us understand our emotions, about helping us make good choices um, and fostering healthy relationships. Uh, so we really focus a lot on that self-awareness piece. We uh, really believe that kids have everything they need inside of them to thrive and we enable them to tap into that. So we're heightening that sense of self-awareness, we're heightening the positive sense of agency. So as Jan was mentioning, you know, sometimes you wake up in the morning and the days there in front of you. So how are you going to navigate that? And just drawing on these different aspects of who you are to do so. So we're really focusing on connection. First, connection to self, uh, which then we believe enables greater connection to others. So we're a little bit unique in the space in that, yes, we are a social emotional learning program, but we also bridge with inclusion and belonging. Yeah, I like that because even in my work in the DEI space, we always start with identity because if we're not really aware of who we are and our strengths or who our captain and our poet are, it's difficult for us to connect to folks, right? And something that I don't think we learned a lot as students, or at least for myself as a student, is tapping into this emotional uh, intelligence, right? Sometimes there's cultural barriers, uh, there's there's other barriers where we're not really tapping into that. So I, I really appreciate that you said that. For me, I think about captains and poets, and I think, you know, you mentioned that there's a bit of emotional intelligence, a sense of belonging, community. So then tell me a little bit about who this curriculum is for. Who does it serve? Who does it benefit? So the curriculum is designed uh, for kindergarten to grade 12. So um, it's really an in-class curriculum that the teachers can run. So we are seeing um, some really great results uh, with kids of all ages. In senior grades, we're looking more at the leadership aspect, uh, also helping them to navigate that journey to authenticity, which is such a big part of um, being a teenager. Um, and we're seeing some pretty amazing results because when you put the captain and poet, that common language in front of kids, it makes things a little safer. It makes it a little safer to share who you are, to um, express those ideas and, and to really know that everybody sort of feels vulnerable. This is a human experience we're all having together. And we have, we have some favorite moments, I think, too, from our work with students, but just watching how a group of students can suddenly connect and see different aspects of one another. Uh, we see it in the artwork that they create of themselves and of their, their collective. And just this notion that, you know, we're all the same because we're all different. And when you sort of relieve them of that burden of feeling alone, feeling different, sometimes even feeling, you know, like they're not accepted or that they don't belong, it really starts to open up and create those bridges. Even you, Shaliza, when you were saying like you, you could identify with, you know, being emotional and you can identify with being action oriented. Um, 
and that it's always been there. But now that you've been able to identify it, and, and we see this in the kids as well, is that not you, now that you've identified it, you have, you have permission mm. to accept it. And that's such a huge thing to be able to wake up in the morning and go, my poet's not totally having the best day. I'm feeling a little maybe over emotional or a little bit, you know, whatever it is you're feeling in that moment and, and being okay with that because everybody has that. And that being emotional is a prerequisite of being human. Like it is it what binds us. Um, so there's real beauty in that. And like Jennifer had alluded to, we do have some really favorite moments. Um, one that will always strike me when we're dealing with, or not dealing with working and having great pleasure doing so, working with um, young boys at, at a private school who woke up at nine o'clock in the morning, got on Zoom with us, like right in the depths of COVID. They have their hoodies on. They definitely did not want to be there. It was too early. And we were going to be talking about feelings, probably. They were kind of conditioned to already know that this was going to happen. Um, And by the middle, not even at the end, by the middle of our program with them, hoodies were off. They recognized, they understood what a captain was and they because that's something that they hear more often they're either a captain of a team or or like whatever in their school already um but that they now also have a poet and and hearing that and knowing that everybody in their peer group also has a poet and a captain immediately gave them permission to put their guard down so they were able to talk about things like I may be captain of the hockey team, but I also play music. I love to write poetry. And it opened up this incredibly vulnerable dialogue between a 22, 18-year-old boys. And by the end, they had learned things about each other and, and themselves even. And they were just given access to these things that were always, always inside of them. Um, and I hope, I hope that they take that the rest of their lives. It's just a back pocket tool to check in with both. So it was, those are beautiful moments for us. I love that. And, you know, I love that you shared that because for me, what's sticking with me is this idea of the human experience, that we're not all one way all the time. We have multi-dimensions to our personalities, to our feelings, to our beings. And so much of what we present to the world is socialized, right? Um, you know, we talked about some of those gender identities right there that are socialized in these young men and to be able to express themselves fully and wholly. And Jan, what you said also, and Jennifer actually, about this idea of we're all the same because we're all different. And I think for me, that's what drew me to working with you both last year on Captains and Poets and um, having the opportunity to weave in some of the diversity, equity, and inclusion into the curriculum because there is that aspect of creating a sense of belonging through that humanness and through some of those similarities and differences. So, you know, you told me one example, but I'm wondering if you could tell me how uh, these lessons have been received by students and teachers, perhaps from diverse communities. The first thing that comes to mind uh, is the response from the teachers when we're just going in for an initial introduction. It's like jaw-dropping moments where they just look at us like, how come I never had this? Where's, can can you do this for us? And it's wonderful on one hand to get that feedback because they 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 
it resonates with them. They understand it immediately, which means that so they'll be able to take it into the classroom easily. But I will also say that it made us recognize right away that there was this foundational learning, uh, emotional intelligence learning that is is lacking, um, even with the educators. So we had to build out a whole new set of opportunities and workshops and coaching for uh, teachers and principals uh, so they could really um, understand this emotional intelligence, social emotional learning and inclusion uh, what, what we were bringing to the table um, so that they could understand it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's another really key part of the curriculum that's important is the teachers and the administrators and the adults in the space, because if they haven't done the work themselves, they're not always able to support their students or the learners. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. And I'll also say we've had the opportunity to work in a number of schools, um, and they are they are diverse populations for sure. But it is interesting to see that there are um, you know very often the boys are putting their hands up and wanting to participate, and it's also so lovely to see that there are some some girls uh, of different backgrounds that I that are not familiar to in. in to me as, as closely. And they're, they feel, they're feeling like they have a voice and you can see that because they stay, they're perking up and they're, 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 um, actively trying to engage. And it's so wonderful to see because you know, you know that they are looking around and going, we're all the same because we're all different. And that's the greatest asset that we have as human beings is to recognize that in each other. That's our gift. Our gift is having this, all of these diverse experiences, all of this diverse expertise, and being able to bring that to the table and make your peer group better, more interesting, uh, more creative, and just kinder, more inclusive people. And and that happens in the school environment, and that is why we are doing this 100% is to build more inclusive, more uh, a safer, braver spaces in, in, in learning, in home, and in uh, work environments eventually for these young people when they grow up. Yeah, I love that. I was thinking about that when you were speaking, actually, that, you know, in my work, we talk about building courageous spaces, braver and safer spaces. And I'm wondering if you can speak to maybe just digging a little deeper of how you have been able to create this braver and safer space for, you know, for example, the girls who have diverse backgrounds to show up as their full selves or, you know, for those boys who are playing hockey to show up and be vulnerable. What do you think it is about Captains and Poets that creates this safer, braver space for folks? I would say first and foremost, the permission to be vulnerable and that we reposition and reframe vulnerability as one of your greatest strengths that you could possibly have as a human being and putting yourself out there. And I think once kids hear that from us more than once, because we talk about it a lot, reframing fear into vulnerability and vulnerability as a, as a superpower. um, That is when that's when kids really light up. Yeah, I'd love to add to that because I think fundamentally, like what the captain and the poet are, are archetypes. So we all have heard of victim, mother, king, 
um, you know, hero, different archetypes in, in cultures across the world. So we've really tried to design the Captain and the Poet program to be as universal as and as inclusive as possible so that everybody can see themselves um, in the Captain and the Poet. And I think it's empowering because first of all, you say, okay, yes, we all have these inside of us, but mine's a little different than yours. My captain's a little different than your captain. My poet's a little different than your poet. And, you know, I may or may not wear my captain or poet on my sleeve. And, you know, someone else, you know, sitting across the classroom might might be the same, but now I'm attuned to them and I can start to see them and bring greater dimension to my understanding of myself and others. And I think the other layer to that is while we each may have a predominant trait, you know, mine might be bold and creative for my captain and my poet, we now have access to this repertoire of skills and attributes. So I may be in a situation where I need to draw on my empathy. I need to build my empathy and bring my poet forward in that way. Or maybe I need to be more decisive. Maybe that's not a natural um, trait that I have. And maybe I need to start building on that. So, so young people can start to see themselves with this greater dimension and expand you know, into their potential and really building and strengthening those different skills that contribute to their own well-being, their own um, the way they view themselves, but also others. Yeah, I love that. And sort of like a strengths finder, right? Thinking about what do you do well? What do you need support with? And that self-awareness and that knowledge is really, really key. So, you know, I've heard that there's been some controversy around social emotional learning programs with some critics arguing that SEL can be too divisive or too political. In either of your opinions, how does Captains and Poets promote this diverse thinking and diverse perspectives and ensure that all students feel included and valued through this learning process? We like to consider ourselves social emotional learning 2.0 because there is something to be said about everything that's being politicized. There is something to be said about actively telling people how and what to feel. It's, it's not okay. Um, we don't, we don't do that. So we are really, um, about giving tools to excavate your, how you feel inside you for you to do it. We're, we're just giving, um, opportunity to look inwards and that's mostly, uh, how we would differentiate ourselves. Um, I would also say that as Jennifer was saying, like we are bucketed into social emotional learning and it, it may have actually just been kind of unintentional. We wanted to build uh, inclusion, belonging, wellness, connection in schools with our curriculum, Captains and Poets. And we felt we were doing something completely new and original. And here it is, there's an entire industry um, of social emotional learning that we fall into. And I, I didn't know that, that I certainly didn't. Um, and I, I like to believe that we are doing this differently and we certainly did not build this on our own. We had multiple, uh, people bring their perspectives and lived expertise into what we are doing, uh, intentionally. Um, so I feel like, I feel like we've done a pretty great job of building the most inclusive curriculum out there that is that is about social emotional learning but also uh, emotional intelligence and um, 
we're very, very aware and super sensitive to what is happening out there. And we're really trying to work against that, which is why we we spend so much time talking about self-discovery and self-awareness and not so much about self-management and self-regulation. Um, because that's that's where things sort of start to fall down about co-regulation, who, who are you regulating to in the, in the learning environment? Um, how are you expected to regulate um, in, in particular environments that have been built over many, many, many hundreds of years? It's, uh, it's an interesting time, and I'm hoping that we are, I'm very confident that we are bringing a, something new to the table, um, and there just aren't new words for it yet. Yeah, and I really like that distinction, Jen, between self-management and self-regulation and then what you folks are doing, which is really self-discovery, right? There's a lot of reflection. And, you know, I will say for myself, I didn't really start to dig deep into the reflective space. Yeah, I had done it a lot in my theater practice and as an educator, but thinking about being mindful is what I kind of parallel and reflecting on my strengths or, as you said, my captain and my poet And I think we don't have enough of that space to do it. And when we do reflect on that, then we can advocate for ourselves. We can build our leadership skills. We know maybe what to ask for and where to grow, um, as Jennifer was saying earlier. Absolutely. And the beauty of that is when you find that in yourself, you can see it in other people. And that's the inclusion bit is that all of a sudden you, you know, you have your own story. So automatically your whole world starts to grow outside of you and go, well, if I have a story, they must also have a story. I better hear it. And it just, it just, you start to be able to listen better. Eventually you can celebrate all the diversity around you. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. Even on a practical level, I think a lot of the feedback that we're getting from schools right now is there's a real deficit in skills around collaboration, teamwork, problem solving as a result of what we've all been through in the last uh, two to three years. So so there's definitely um, a need in classrooms to really foster that sense of self-awareness uh, and the empowerment, the resilience that comes with that. So really what we're trying to get to is again, just empowering young people to be their best selves, giving them access to tools that lie within them. Um, And I think it's that connection to self, connection to others, connection to the classroom, the world around you, that really is fundamental to thriving. So that's really what we're trying to get to the heart of. Obviously, there's a a lot uh, going on in the world right now. And I think there's a universal need. There's a universal need for support for young people. Wow, that's really empowering, Jennifer. Access to tools that live inside them. I love that, right? Because it's just hitting on that idea that the tools, the knowledge, the skills are within us. And we just have to have the right activator or tap into those skills, right? They're all inside of us. I really love that. And, you know, Captains and Poets has been growing over the past few years Uh, into many markets, including Asia and Costa Rica, Dubai, and the UK. Congratulations. That's super amazing. Uh, I'm wondering, how have you adapted your programming to meet the needs of students across different geographies and cultural contexts? That's a great question. So we're we're on a mission to uh, empower as many young people as possible globally with the captain and poet so they can have them in their back pocket 
their entire lives. Um, and what we're, we're learning and we anticipated is that SEL and inclusion mean different things in different cultures. Um, it's not um, arduous at all, I would say, because fundamentally we're getting at that universal need for, and to support young people to be their best selves, to cope with all the challenges in front of them. So whether we're going into Southeast Asia and we're working with young people who are facing a lot of stress because there's a lot of academic demands in their younger years, or whether we're working with students who are still suffering and needing support, you know, kind of post-COVID, we really and the, the concept of captain and poet is is simple, but it runs pretty deep and it's it's pretty adaptable. So uh, we're enjoying the journey and it's it's a constant learning and uh, we will continue, I'm sure, for a long time. Mm-hmm. I love that because the different cultural contexts matter, but it's sort of the same framework, right, that can be applied to individuals' cultural context. And I, I have to ask is... Uh, the curriculum now translated into different languages to Spanish and Arabic, uh, French maybe? It is not. We have our books translated into French because we had a a need early on in Canada. Um, But to be honest, the curriculum is so dynamic because every time we work with the school, there's new ideas uh, and that we want to build in and and continue to further the, the curriculum that everyone has access to. So it just hasn't even been a possibility for us to create a static uh, copy and work to translate. Having said that, we are, um, we've had some preliminary discussions with some organizations that have, you know, broader reach um, in different areas with different languages. Um, So it's something we hope to do in the future. I'm wondering if each of you can share, I know it's difficult, but one of your favorite lessons from the K-12 curriculum with me. Uh, Maybe give us a little bit of a sneak peek or insight as to one of your favorite lessons. Uh, I'll choose a fun one. It's um, in our core lessons. It's something we recommend teachers do uh, with all students, even if they're only implementing the program for a short time. And it's our music lesson. So for primary, it's a dance party. And for, for senior students, it's creating a soundtrack. So what we do is we help the students identify the captain and the poet more, you know, in their bodies, more kinesthetically, um, and even the emotions that show up uh, with each. So it really expands um, their understanding of captain and poet, how they show up in themselves. And, you know, when they're creating those, those soundtracks, those playlists of captain songs, poet songs, um, songs that remind them of the captain and the poet working together, um, it's something that they can come back to again and again to inspire them um, as needed. They're all my favorite. I have to say I have a very hard time. I Jennifer is obviously, she's the curriculum writer. So every time I had the uh, a sneak preview of the work that she was doing over the last several years, I was like, these are amazing. Like they are all so beautiful. And you can just see how it will give kids access immediately to the creative side of them, but also that, that thoughtful, critical thinking side of who they are as well. Um, I would say there's a couple of different ones for me. I love the one, um, everyone has a story. I think mostly I love it because it really is, it just illuminates the, that actual fact that everyone has a story. And I didn't learn that until much later. Like I think I was 
18 or 19 years old. And it was a real aha moment for me growing up. And I, I love that we are able to bring that to young people early because it will change their life. It will change their life. If nothing else, that will change their life. Also, I love I love the formula that we do in our leadership programs. It's not really like a set piece of the curriculum, but um, exploring the, each other's cap, like their own captain and poet, and then building out what kind of leader they are going to be. What is their unique ability using their captain to put? Um, how are they going to lead going forward? Knowing those two things, and I just finding watching kids find how they are different in their in their leadership world is so beautiful because so many come in thinking they're not leaders and they leave recognizing they are beautiful leaders and that's really that's it it fills me up totally uh watching them do that yeah so much i know it's hard to pick something finally i'd love to hear more and for our listeners about your vision for the future of captains and poets, maybe what are your goals for the program, more expansions, and what do you hope young people around the world can learn from the program? I think what I would say at this point in the journey, and we didn't anticipate this when we started, but is to expand our inclusion of, of educators, of adults in the programming. I think we all know that teachers have a lot on their plates right now um, and they need their cups filled too. And so I think having the opportunity to expand their own self-awareness, their own empowerment to help them bring their best selves to the classroom, I think that's going to be a really um, fruitful and, and exciting journey, the next leg. Well, obviously we want to reach as many young people across the world as we possibly can. I would love to see uh, more schools taking it on and taking a holistic approach to creating inclusive environments that are safe uh, for everybody. Um, and that includes the teachers and the principals where they are being supported um, with captain and poet culture. Um, I would love to see um, boards of education take this on. So it's not teacher by teacher, classroom by classroom. Uh, that is a, a big goal of ours um, to see that kind of holistic approach to our curriculum and our programming. I would love to see the, I'd love to witness, I'd like to be, witness the, um, the bridging between home and community, home and school. Um, which is also really important for us. We built out home resources so that the onus of this conversation wasn't entirely on teachers. It was also for parents and caregivers. I love that. We're also starting to work with very big community organizations, youth organizations, and their leadership, um, which I think is beautiful because once we have everybody, all stakeholders involved in supporting our young people, that is change. That is creating systemic, generational, long-term change on in inclusion and equity and just really all the good stuff uh, around identity, right? Like it's just like feeling of like you belong somewhere and it feels good. And having everybody involved is is wonderful. It's wonderful. 
Yeah, I really love that because it's not about the individual. It's really about the collective. How do we get everyone on board? How do we really make that systemic change, as you said? And that's all about the work we do. So I really love that. So please share with us now for folks who are listening, where can they learn more about Captains and Poets? How can they follow your work? Let us know where we can find you. Please do. Um, everything is on our website. We have a very uh, full website at uh, captainsandpoets.com. And we are on all social platforms at Captains Poets. Um, that'd be Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Yeah, follow along. Um, but more than anything, get in touch with us because this is about community. It's about a global community, to be totally honest. And we require input, but more importantly, even than requiring the uh, expertise and that kind of input, we need to have, as Jennifer was saying, our cups filled with like-minded people and educators and parents. So them becoming a part of our community is the greatest thing um, that we've had so far. And I imagine will keep us going for many years to come. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jennifer. And for our listeners out there, I encourage you to reflect on who your captain and poet are. What are their qualities? and continue to think about that. Reach out to Jen and Jennifer. Thank you both so much for joining me today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to Curated Conversations, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review the podcast. Subscribe and listen to this podcast and other episodes at createdleadership.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts and learn more about Curated Leadership by visiting us on Instagram at Curated Leadership and download our free DEI glossary and subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you again, everyone, and we'll see you for episode 16 next.